Thanks for listening to Summit PA Sermon Audio, weekly teaching from the Summit Church in Indiana, Pennsylvania. SummitPA.church, every life made different. I get to introduce my wife to you. A lot of you have seen her. You know her. She closes services out for us some. Uh, there's a lot of people that maybe you haven't heard her preach before. If you've never been to one of our women's events or you've missed some of the Sundays she's preached, but she does an incredible job, and she's got a great word for you this morning. So please do me a favor and welcome with me to the stage my wife, Kim Massingale. Well, good morning or afternoon. I know what time it is. I promise I'm not going to go real long, but I do believe that God um, has you here for a purpose and a reason this morning. It was um, in between the 9.30 and the 11, I was out in the lobby, and and, um, a man that has been coming to church here for quite some time came out with tears in his eyes, and he said, Kim, I just want you to know that when I found out you were speaking today, I did not want to come. In fact, I was planning on not coming because I was taught that women weren't allowed to preach in church. And he said, but God told me that I had to come. And so I came today, and I want you to know that God told me I was wrong and that, um, that you had a word for me today. And um, he said God just spoke to him and just changed everything that he had been taught his whole life. And so... That's the Holy Spirit, not me. (laughs) And so I just want to say that I I really counted an honor to be up here, and um, and it's a privilege, and I just hang in here with me. You need to stretch or anything? You good? Ready? Okay. Well, I just have one quick announcement before we get started, but if you are a female in the building and you are between the ages of 12 and 100... If you're older than that, God bless you. Um, But you are invited to our next women's event on April 28th called The Well. It is a free event. We had over 400 women come to our last one in February. And uh, my mentor and um, my dear friend Becky Hennessy is going to be coming from Texas. And um, I want you to just fill this place. Uh, Becky is incredible. I know she'll have an incredible word for us, but we're just going to have an awesome night of worship and friendship and, um, and teaching. And so even though it's free, I do need you to register though. So make sure and register online for that. You can also do that at the iPads, but be here. Well, Mel mentioned that we have been in a series called Seeds, and, um, and so basically the whole premise of it is God can take something so tiny and do something so big and incredible with it. And uh, week one, he talked about roots, which is our beliefs. So that's the thing that, that we develop that's unseen, right? Because you can't see roots in the ground. They're the things that... Um, that bring water and life into a tree. And so it's what's unseen that produces character. And week two are our branches um, or our actions. And so what we learned last week is that when we um, maximize, when we reach out to others, we maximize our potential and exposure to Jesus. And just like in plants, when they reach out, they maximize their exposure to sunlight, and that produces life. And we also learned that we are called to reach the lost. Today, I'm going to talk about the trunk, which is our identity. It's who we are. And, um, and I love this statement. It says, what we believe, roots, shapes who we are trunk and dictates 
what we do, which are our branches. So just a little bit about a trunk tree, which I am not a gardener. Um, if you came, came to my house and you saw the tulips blooming in the trees, it has nothing to do with me whatsoever. Um, it has to do with the, the family that lived there before us, that planted them, and now we get to enjoy it. But um, I do think that it's amazing how a tree functions and how a Applicable. It is to our own lives. And um, so we want to look at the trunk today. And what the trunk di- does is it supports and gives the tree its shape and strength. And it basically acts as the central plumbing system for a tree. So it takes all the nutrients that the roots are gathering and brings them up through the trunk so that it can produce fruit and provide healthy branches. So two parts of the tree that we're going to look at today are the center of the tree, which is the darkest part of a trunk, and it's called the heartwood. And what the function of that does is it supports the tree. The second um, layer that we are going to look at today is the outer part of the tree, the trunk, which is called the, um, the bark. Wow, I almost forgot what the outside of the tree was. Um, but what the bark does is it provides a suit of armor, basically. It provides protection against the world and insects and disease, and it also can protect it even from fire. So just like the trunk of a tree, our core, our spiritual core, is what provides support and protection for us. And, um, and part of that, and a big part of that, is who we are. And so if I were to gather you together and I were to sit at a table with you and ask you, tell me who you are, more than likely you would tell me um, if you're in school, what grade you're in, maybe what you're studying. Uh, you would tell me if you're married or you're single or how many kids you have, what occupation you have, right? Because typically when we're asked who we are, we tend to define ourselves by the things that we do or the friends that we have. We also define ourselves by our past, our past failures, and our past successes. We define ourselves what by others say about us or who we say we are. And discovering who we truly are doesn't happen overnight, right? I wish that we could wake up in the morning and look ourselves in the mirror and be like, you are smart, you are kind, you are beautiful, you are intelligent, you're going to go out and kill it today, right? And, and then we just do it, and, and then life happens and gets in the way, and it doesn't happen. And so we have to realize that developing our core, our identity, takes time, and it's one that we have to be intentional about. How many of you in the room would say that at the end of your life, you want people to say that your life made a difference and that it mattered? Like, just raise your hand. And if you're not raising your hand, I think you're lying, because I think we all want to make a difference. We all want for our life to have counted here on this earth. We each have a desire to do something great. We want the great-looking branches, right? We want people to see, oh, they did something great with their lives. They made a difference. But what we have to realize is that in order for us to make a difference, we have to develop that core. So again, just like the trunk does for the tree, our identity has to be able to support and protect us. And Christine Kane, who's one of my favorite um, speakers and preachers says that the gift that is on you will not sustain you if the the gift that is in you 
isn't producing life and character, right? So you may look great, but if what is within you can't sustain that, then you're in trouble. The only way that our identity can support and protect us is to know who we are in Christ. Because I think so many of us walk around and we're asking our friends, tell me who I am. We're asking our family, tell me who I am. We're asking our job, tell me who I am. Tell me that I'm great. Tell me that I'm worthy. Tell me that I'm, I'm desirable, right? We turn to alcohol. We turn to things that, that we want to bring us confidence and, and to tell us who we are. But in the end, those things just leave us empty and wanting more. And it is because God never designed us to have other things and other people to tell us who we are. Our true identity, our true core has to come from knowing who he says we are. So in order to do that, we have to know our creator because we bear his image. And it says in Genesis 1:27, God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And so if we don't know our creator... And if we are created in his image, then we can't possibly truly know who we are. Bob Hamp says, our identity comes from our birthright, not our behavior. And so many times we um, say who we are based on what we do, right? Or our actions. If you're angry, I'm, I'm just angry. This is just how I am, right? Or um, if you mess up a lot or you're, maybe you identify with something like a failure, like being an alcoholic. Well, I'm an alcoholic. That's just who I am. That doesn't dictate our birthright or our identity. Our behavior doesn't dictate who we are. Our birthright does. Who we belong to dictates that. In Ephesians 1, 11 through 12, in the message version, it says, It's in Christ that we find out who we are and what we are living for. Long before we first heard of Christ and got our hopes up, he had his eye on us. He had designs on us for glorious living, part of the overall purpose he is working out in everything and everyone. I love that. It's in Christ that we find out who we are and what we're living for. So you want to know your purpose? You want to know your identity? It's in Christ that you find that out. Because in Jeremiah 1.5, it says, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. So even your mother that bore you in her womb, she cannot tell you who you truly are because she did not um, form you before you were even born. She did not appoint you before you were even born. Only God did. We have to know that we are children of God. And in John 1, 12, it says, But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. When we know and we find out our identity that you are a child of God, it changes everything. Every time you struggle to know who you are, every time, it is because you are disconnected from the source who is Christ and Christ alone. And we connect to other sources that leave us empty and disconnected from God and our true identity. You know, we all know that IU Patties happened last weekend, and Mel mentioned that we just live in the center of it all, and I 
love college students and do a lot of work with college-aged girls, and it is one of the greatest joys in my life. But as we drove around last week, my daughter had an event on campus and that she had to be at for high school, and uh, so we were out and about a lot, and um, she's only 14, but she's like a 14 going on 40, like... <laughs> If y'all met her, you would agree. Um, and in some ways, she's still very 14. But um, she just has a lot of wisdom. And, you know, my, both of my girls were just, like, just broken. We were all just broken for, for the things that we saw. And, um, and we were sitting on the couch, and Abby goes, Mom, I think the reason why those students are acting crazy it's because they don't know who they are. They don't know that they're a son or a daughter of the king. They don't know who they are in Christ because if they knew who they were, they wouldn't have to go seek out attention and, and alcohol and all of the things that I know left so many broken and disconnected last weekend. But that's not just for college students, right? No, it's not. Because I know that we as adults, we find our identity in so many things. We find our identity in our occupations or if we're married or if we're single. And we find our identity maybe at the bar with our friends. But at the end of the day, while it may fulfill us, we still can sit and think that we're unhappy, that we're unloved, and that maybe we're not really living the true purposes that God has for our lives. We all run to everyone and everything else to tell us who we are. We all do it instead of the only one who truly can. You know, our essential nature, whether you believe in God or not, our essential nature is spiritual. That is how we are designed, and so we are, rem we are designed to remain in connection with the source of life. And so how do we begin to know him, to connect to him? In John fifteen five, it says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit, for apart from me you can do nothing. We have to abide in him. And the cool thing is, is that when we choose to abide in him, he promises to abide in us. He promises to stay in us. And we get to know him by being in his word. We get to know him by worshiping him. We get to know him by talking to him. I think sometimes we make prayer this big thing of, oh, I don't know how to do that. I don't know how to say all the right Christian words. But all that he wants is relationship. He just wants you to have a conversation with him. We must make it a discipline in our lives to get to know Jesus and who he says we are. If your identity comes solely from what you've acquired and accumulated, so if your identity comes solely with your job, what happens when you lose that job? Do you, is your world shattered? Because that's who you were? What happens if you don't get that job after graduation that you worked so hard to get? 
and that's your identity. Is your world shattered? Does it fall apart? What happens when that boyfriend or that girlfriend breaks up with you? Or that friend group changes and decides they don't want to be your friend anymore? What happens if you relocate across the country from Oklahoma to Pennsylvania like we did? See, if your identity comes with what you've accumulated, then when you die, it dies with you. Because those things aren't eternal. And when we know who we are in Christ, our legacy lives far beyond our life here on this earth. You have to know that you're a new creation. When you become a Christian, Scripture says that we become a new creation. And I think for newer believers, this is really hard to grasp. And, and to be frank, it is hard for me sometimes, even though I've been walking with the Lord for a little while. But in 2 Corinthians five sixteen through 21, it says, From now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh, we regard him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. And when the word, the Greek word, new, here, it actually describes something that is recently made brand new. It carries the idea that something is superior. And when, so what it's saying is when Jesus Christ did come into your life, he made you new. He got rid of all the stuff that you were defined by before. I mean, my goodness, if I were defined by my past mistakes, I would be in trouble. Thank God, thank God that he doesn't hold that against us. He made us new. The old has passed, the new has come. And the word creation actually is the same word that describes the creation of the world. So when he spoke the world into existence, that is the same word that he uses when he says, you are now a new creation. He says you are chosen, you are royalty, you are his in 1 Peter 2.9. So why do we continue to do the things that we used to do? It's hard for all of us, right? Because we want what we want. The old stuff is hard to lay down, but, but here's the thing. Is that we have to surrender our identity. And the interesting thing about the heartwood and the bark, about these two layers that support and protect the tree, is that in order for them to do their job effectively, guess what they have to do? They have to die. They are actually dead cells. And I just find that so interesting because it is the same way with us. When we choose to follow Christ... Our identity has to die so that Christ's identity can come alive in me. This is how we truly discover who we are and the purposes we are made for. So if you're walking around today and you're just like, Kim, I, being a Christian is hard, right? And I, but what if, what if I lay my identity down? What if I lay my friends down? What if I lay this relationship down that's not healthy for me? What if I lay my job down and surrender that to Jesus? What if I lay the fact that I'm a CEO down and and maybe not necessarily lay it down like get rid of it, but what if I lay that identity of who I am down 
will Jesus shortchange me? Because I think that's the thing we think. I think that when we think that God asks us to surrender, I think we think he's going to shortchange us, that he's going to hold out on us, that he's not going to give us something better. See, if he knew you before you were even born, if he predestined greatness into your heart, don't you think that he wants his children to thrive and do something incredible? Don't you think that he wants us to know who we are in him so that we can truly make a difference in this world? Because only he knows what he purposed us for. Only he truly knows what can make us come alive. Because it's in our laying down, it's in our surrender that we come to life. Luke 9, 23 through 24 says, And he said to all, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Forever who would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. So it says, Anyone who will take up his cross daily. So not yearly, like when you come to church on Christmas. Not like when you feel like it, you can take up your cross and surrender. Not like tomorrow or a week from now, right? Because we all do that. We're like, but God, just give me some time, right? Just, just give me a week, God, you know, and then I'll lay it down. But he wants us to lay it down daily because we have to. We are all messed up. I am messed up. And every single morning I have to say, God, my heart is yours. It is sick in nature, but by you I am made new. And I am going to lay down my wants, my desires, because you know what? I do know that the life that I chased before I became a Christ follower left me broken and empty and full of regrets, which is why you should get Bob's book. But <laughs> Christine Kane, um, and I've already referenced her once, but Bianca Oldtoff, who spoke at our women's conference in the fall, um, works for Christine. And someone in a leadership luncheon just asked Bianca, you know, what do you do when you're feeling super competitive, when, when you have a friend that has what you want, or a, someone on social media has a life that you want, or you're just feeling like, oh, that person, I can't believe they got that promotion or they did that well. Because Bianca serves Christine in many capacities. And Christine told her, Bianca, you die you die, you die, and then you die again. You're all going to tweet that right now, aren't you? It's like super encouraging. Die, die, die. <laughs> of course it doesn't mean a physical death. But we die to our own wants and our own desires because it's in the dying that we come alive. So, again, we all want the pretty branches and the fruit. We all want to look good. We all want the end result. But what we don't understand is that we have to allow God to build us in the quiet and in the secret before he will lead you into making a visible impact in our world. 
In Galatians 3, 27 through 28, it talks about how that it doesn't basically, it doesn't matter if you're male or female, if you're Jew or Greek, or if you are a slave or free. We are all one in Christ Jesus. We, if we belong to Christ, if you are a believer, then you are his descendant, and you are an heir to his promises for your life. So we can look at our neighbor that sits next to us and we'll be like, yeah, but I don't know about her. Like, I know what she's done. I don't know about that guy across the room because I've done business with him before and I know how he acts. I don't know if he's an heir. Oh, but Kim, you don't know what I've done. You don't know what I did last night. You don't know what I did this morning. But see, we have the opportunity today to come to Christ. And when we come to him and we lay our identities down, he says we become an heir according to his promise. We don't get to compare another person's journey because we're all equal. We're all heirs. We're all descendants. Our true identity is not found in our past. It is not found in who others say we are or who we say we are even. Because our truth is not nearly as big as God's truth. Our identity is found in Christ and Christ alone. And maybe words have been spoken over you. Maybe you've had a professor or a boss or a mom, or a dad, or a sibling, just speak words of death over you, and they have become your identity. Maybe your past, your failures, even your successes have become your identity, and you've lost hope that it can be any better. I want to show you a picture of this tree it's in Universal Studios. And um, so this was a palm tree that was blown over, basically, that was warped by Hurricane Andrew in Florida. And so in Florida, they really looked at these trees as big nuisances because, of course, they're basically laying over and they just saw them as something that was broken and lifeless and useless. But Universal Studios came along and they were like, oh my goodness, these trees are amazing. And we can use them in Seuss Landing. And I love the picture of this tree because I think we can all feel like that tree. We can all feel broken and useless. We can all feel set aside or like God's forgotten us and overlooked us to give our gift to somebody else. But he doesn't see something that's broken. He doesn't see something that is bent. He sees something beautiful that he can use for his purposes. But it's up to us to lay it down. His desire for all of us is Psalm 1-3. And it says, He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season and its leaf does not wither. And all that he does, he prospers. This is a promise to every single one of you. If you are a Christ follower, if you have chosen to follow Jesus, his promise to you is that if you will lay down your identities, whatever those things that define who you are, if you will lay them down, he promises that you will bear fruit. 
that you will do the things that he predestined and ordained you to do, and you will prosper. I'd like for everyone to just close your eyes and bow your heads, and no one looking around. As I just believe that there's a few of you in here today that you say, Kim, I need to follow Christ. I need I've been searching in all the wrong places and I want to make a decision today to make him Lord of my life so that I can truly know who I am in him. I want to make Jesus my Savior. If that is you today and you say, Kim, I want to make Jesus my Lord and Savior, will you just raise your hand? Yes, over here to the left. Yes, over here to the right. You can put your hands down. Yes, up in the balcony. Yes, up in the balcony. Jesus. Maybe you're in here, and this is going to be a bunch of you, but you say, Kim, I, I'm a believer, but I've still been trying to find my identity in all the wrong sources, and today I'm going to choose to really abide in Christ and I want to know my true identity in him will you just raise your hand will you just say I'm gonna search after him and seek him yeah thank you a bunch of you well if you all will just repeat this prayer after me dear Jesus I thank you for dying on the cross for me I thank you for laying your life down so that I can find mine. Jesus, today I surrender. I surrender my life to you, knowing that what you have for me is better than I could imagine. So today I choose you. Thank you for your grace and your forgiveness in my life. In Jesus' name. Amen. So if you made the decision to follow Christ today, we do not want you to do this journey alone. You need to be surrounded with other believers and people that will help you. And so you can do one of two things. One, you can text the word salvation to the number 555-888. Or you can fill out the card in the seat back in front of you and drop it in the offering boxes as you leave today, but make sure and do that. We want to give you some next steps and help you along in your journey. It is my honor and privilege to be your pastor's wife, and I love you all so very much. And I just want to take these last few minutes for us all just to stand and worship and just take this moment to just reflect on maybe something that God spoke to you and just surrender your life to Jesus today. And um, there will be prayer partners on each side of the stage, and they want to agree with you today in prayer. So come forward if you need prayer today. Thank you all.